Hello, listeners. It's me, Kyle, and that's Joel. Oh God, it's even worse. We're back. <laughs> it's like it's like you can't decide how to make introducing us more awkward. Whether it's the Absolute Multi Football Podcast with Kyle and Joel, or it's me, Kyle, and him, Joel. I don't know if you've noticed, listeners, but Joel. <laughs> Sometimes takes things in a negative way. Hey, I am a very positive person. But I'm happy-go-lucky. I just want to inform you, he really likes the fact that you listen, and he'd love more to... He, he, he's a bit harsh on our, on our followers on, on social. He wants more. We'll get more by being super fun and positive. Yes. Nah, just bullying people. I just walk around with a big sign saying, follow at Worldly Podcast on Twitter and, and fo- Absolute Worldly Football Podcast on Instagram. Would you actually do that? Like a sandwich board? We could go to Extinction Rebellion. I mean, that's not really the point of Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, I don't think that's... I don't Cheap advertising that. Pretty sure that this podcast wouldn't fit the uh, the remit of Extinction Rebellion. Uh, it would. I'm all for the saving of the planet. So am I. More football. Save the planet, more football. That's the only reason. <laughs> that's the tagline. That's what we're going to put on your poster board. Yeah. You like football? Probably not. But think we should have more of it? Then we're with you. Yeah. So if, you, if there's no planet, how can you play football? We can't play football without a planet. Space football. Space space football would be so shit. Wow. Uh, welcome to the Absolute Worldly Football Podcast. This has been a rambling intro. It's been fun, though. So we are about to have another guest. Oh, I've yeah. booked this one. You have? You I'm booked excited. Lolo last week, which was cracking. Cracking. Loved a bit of Lolo. Uh, but we have another guest just turning up now. I think that's her on my phone. Hi. I'll just come and get the door, Sadie. See you in a second. You can laugh straight away. Oh, it's okay. Fine. Yeah, we don't need to... Don't need to I t- thought... Okay. I it's thought. fine. Hi, Hi, Sadie. Sadie Clark, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the Absolute Worldie Podcast. <laughs> I keep looking at it. You can look at... Wow, that sounded... I mean, with no... <laughs> that's good radio etiquette. Sadie. Hello. What did Hello. you say the, the mic reminded you of? A football. I thought you'd bought it specially, and that's why I keep looking at it. Well, do As look at it. It's that's, a person that it, I'm conversing it with. It is. It's our thousands and thousands of listeners. Oh, Say hi. Nice. Hello. Yeah. Clearly, you've had some radio drama training where you're you're taught to like respect the mic, caress the mic, love the mic. Love we the we mic. don't give it much respect. Feed the mic with your energy. Oh nice, wow! Is nice. that what you meant to do? No, I don't know. I've never done the radio. <laughs> but you are a triple threat. <laughs> Who can't dance? So what are those threats? <laughs> threat. Number one. Actor. Number two. Writer. Number three. Comedy improviser. Threatening. Threatening. Triply. Triply. <laughs> well, welcome to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Thank you We're for delighted to me. have you on. Uh, we tend to start by asking a couple of questions. Uh, the first question of which is, Sadie, what's a worldie? So, for me, it's just your podcast. <laughs> That's the only experience I've had. Of worldy. That makes right. me feel great. That's I, good. Uh, We're the worldy. You're the worldy to me. I googled it because I was like... Research. Research. And did learn some things. Tell us those things. I learned that it's a Geordie term for someone who's fit. Well, that's been coming up a lot. Or something. Yeah, so we obviously aren't Geordies. No. And, and Speak for yourself. 
Obviously, yeah. on. <laughs> what oh, was that? Kyle just breaking the uh, the first Ooh. thing that we agreed on way back in the summer. Oh, was Sadie? No, <laughs> in the very first episode, you did. I did hear you have a discussion about not doing offensive yep. accents, and uh, that was fairly offensive. And um, I think we're going to f- discover today that Sadie Clark is a fastidious researcher. <laughs> <laughs> I always prepare, Kyle. You know this about me. So we don't watch Geordie Shaw, and we didn't know that worldy meant that yeah. when we when we named our podcast thusly and then i found out some other things i went down a hole right and i found out what a goldilocks and a missouri are well please tell the us same page. goldilocks so goldilocks is when exactly the right set of circumstances in a situation have happened so i think i like to have goldilocks situations as in romantic <laughs> are we talking romantic no or? i don't think so just like when everything comes together and it's right Wow. It's a Goldilocks. Okay. And then a Missouri is if you're very cynical and you don't believe it. Miss, are we, like, like, like the US the state. state? Yeah. It means like you don't believe stuff. Leave it, Joel. He's, he's, not, he's not liking your hard S there. Oh, what? How do you call it? Missouri. Mi- oh. Missouri. I like yours more because it's like a person and a state. <laughs> Also, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just confused about it. You were. That yeah. often happens. I say the I say the wrong. No, pronunciation it's not your it's not your pronunciation. Uh, so do I. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. What do you say? Camaraderie. Yeah. Oh. Like you're meant to. Joel says camaraderie. <laughs> camaraderie. Yeah. Cam- she, that's we've got three oh, separate things. Camaraderie. Yeah. What? It's got an X ray in it. Camar camaraderie. Camaraderie. What? You. No. It's still not camaraderie. <laughs> anyway, what, what does uh, Missouri mean? That then? you're cynical. I feel like I've got a runny nose happening that's fine run away um we don't run away like let the nose run don't listen if it gets too much we can just edit it out i just smear it on you <laughs> no, no. That, that's kyle's dream <laughs> misery no i said misery let's stick misery with misery is like misery right but what does it mean <laughs> it means that you're very cynical about stuff and you in fact i can't even really remember these now. all off geordie shaw no it's sort of like I looked up Worldy, and then like the next thing it suggested was Goldilocks, and then the next thing it suggested was Missouri. Or Missouri, it doesn't matter. So in the Geordie Shaw sense of Worldy, attractive, perfect person, um, you know, who who are your, who do you see as a Worldy? If you like to subjectify people by looks, objectify. I'm really, really picky. Okay, well that's something to think Um, of. (laughs) So, probably not many people. Well, that's the whole point of a worldy, I think. Yeah, I mean, it would be crap if like a worldy was just. Oh, you maybe know. Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Come she's, now, she's like the yeah. queen. If you haven't heard of her, check out some of her videos. She's a, a music artist. <laughs> <laughs> How old are our music artists? <laughs> How old are our listeners? She's a, a solo musician <laughs> and vocalist. Visual artist as well, I would say. She is. Her videos are are very amazing, artistic, and her music is amazing. I would I would go. I would say yeah. She's yes. definitely. In fact, she's touring to London very soon. What's is that? I don't think we need to advertise your number. Dirty computer. I, st- I really think she can do without us. I mean, that it. happened like last October. Are you getting confused? No, it's I saw a poster again. on the tube. It's happening bay. again. On the tube. Yeah, yeah. For the tube. Right. Well, I'm booking my tickets. That was the best night of my life. Maybe we'll come. Yeah. Great. Join me. We'll do a absolute world. We'll just chant at her. Worldy. 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 <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? That's how she speaks like an old 
crow. So from your perspective, <laughs> the world is us, but it's also attractive people. Yeah, and I, and obviously we know that my experiences of meeting you was that I thought you were both attractive. So Thank you very much, Sadie. It, that, this makes no sense to the listeners who don't know the backstory. And don't know what we look like. I so. don't know what you look like. <laughs> Good radio. It's all encompassing. They do know what they look like. If what we look like, if they they've, follow us on Instagram, they've followed you and they've stalked you because that's what everyone does when they listen to a podcast, right? I hope so. I hope so. Although our low Instagram follower count would imply that not so much. <laughs> I've, I've listened back to it every time we mention Instagram. We just say Insta- how? No, few... no, you do. Stop it. Okay, we've got to be positive. It's me prompting people to follow us on Instagram. I would spite you by not doing it. Well, don't spite me, guys. <laughs> follow us. So a well do. Is your yeah? What is your handle? Because I don't follow you on Instagram. Absolutely, well, the football podcast. Say it again without me talking over you. It's the same as the name of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Sadie, our next question is this: What are your footballing memories in the in your life? What what sort of involvement have you had with football? And what are some of those early memories, or even just prescient memories? Early memories. Well, how many can I talk about? As, as many, many as, you, as you, want. you want. Oh my god, I have so many though. Go. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, okay. we've got time and our listeners are on Ted to Hook. So. <laughs> it's why we asked you on. <laughs> My first experience of football was very young. I think I was like five when I first wanted to play football. But I went to a school with quite a sexist um, head teacher. I won't name him in case he listens. Do it, do it. We can always bleep it out. We won't bleep it out. Mr. Wilkinson. That's the Mr. Wilkinson chatbot. But people called him Wilco. Oh. Even the kids? No. Well, maybe that was just my mum as like an offensive thing behind his back to be like Wilco. That doesn't sound offensive. That sounds like affectionate. Well, maybe she was alluding to the um, budget <sighs> supermarket. Like oh, he's like a budget supermarket, Mr. Yeah. Wilkinson. And maybe. a sexist. I mean, we're now, about to find out. now I'm just judging your mum anyway. So basically all sports <laughs> were very... <laughs> all sports were very segregated. So I was like the girls team, the boys team... But there was an atmosphere of like only the boys could play it recreationally at lunch break. Oh, really? Yes. So mm. I would want to like join in and it was just encouraged that like, no, it's like boys on the football pitch. So what were you doing instead? Well, the story develops because I also really fancied this boy who I'm actually not going to name because that's embarrassing, isn't it? His name is Edward Terry. Um, and he... <laughs> I really fancied him. He played football. He supported Liverpool. He loved Michael Owen. Where did you grow up? In North London. Not far from where we currently are, uh, in Chalk Farm. Wow. Mm. So yeah. he was a he was what they would call he was a, a local. Southern Red. Yes. I don't yeah. I don't know why he supported Liverpool. Because his dad supported Ipswich. I remember far too much about this, don't I? It's because I was in love with him for seven years. Oh little Teddy wow. Terry. It was a seven year obsession. He knows this, so if he does happen to listen, I think it's fine. Get in touch. <laughs> Check me out on Instagram to see what I look like now. Um, well, you sound a bit ill. <laughs> or is it a sexy phlegm like Phoebe and Friends? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Sexy that's phlegm. what it is, a sexy... I think we have an uh, episode phlegm. name. Sexy <laughs> phlegm. <laughs> that's your version of Janelle Monáe's Dirty Computer. <laughs> 
Sorry, we keep losing uh, the Teddy Terry Right, tale. so I, yeah, I was in love with him for like seven years. He was a big Liverpool sporter. He was a Michael Owen fan. So I used to want to play football with him. Wasn't allowed. So instead, I invented a game called Kick Chase, which was where you chase, where the girls chase the boys. The only area they were safe was in this small patch of concrete by the boys' toilets, where they were allowed to not be caught. Any other time, it was just like, Free for all, the girls were allowed to chase the boys, sit on them, and then kick them instead of kissing them. So it was like kiss chase, but kicking. Wow. Very violent, very aggressive. I think it was just like anger that I couldn't play football. But that's great. With them. But I was on the girls' team. So, like, the girls, we went and competed and played at like other schools against the other girls. What were teams. some of the rival teams you played? What was your school's name? St Paul's but St. not Paul's. the big posh one it was just like a little state school St Paul's versus Parley Hill Parley Hill Boo. although could it have been par- well, no we must have just played at Parliament they were a secondary school oh sorry Parley Hill stands for Parliament Hill oh, yeah. yeah sorry called it Parley yeah you're just not down with you're the North London you're just not North London yeah you're right I'm not <laughs> <laughs> where did you grow up Sussex Watford Watford <laughs> Really? The end of the overground? What for Junction? What Beyond. Point? I had to get I had to get a lift to the tube. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, back to back to the other St. Paul's girls so, team. Yeah, so I played I played on the girls team at primary school and then I didn't make the team in oh, secondary school, guys. What? I was a defender, I don't think I was very good. You kicked a lot. I kicked a lot. I always wanted to be an attacker. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. I was a defender, which just mostly just involved like hanging around, standing in the defence area. They call it marking. They never seemed to get back to our goal area. Oh, your team was the other good team. Then. So <laughs> yeah, the others were. Yeah, so like me you... and the goalie princess used to just chat. That's a great name for a goalie. Yes. Where was your manager? What manager? It was Mr. Wilco. <gasps> of course it princess, he, did, he didn't care did he because he just was more invested in the boys he's oh. up your mum <laughs> Kyle oh that Wilco he's a he's a bit of a cheeky chappy isn't he, he what do you call him Wilco he though? actually was he did have a reputation for oh god this guy sounds coming awful. on to the mums well then where do you think I, I didn't invent this I got this from what you were saying you, you no I didn't say it yeah you just extrapolated well yeah, your you mum ha- had a nickname for him that you didn't know where it came from one plus one equals two. <laughs> one plus one oh equals one. Let's not imply my So, mom. okay, when you, got, when you got unceremoniously yeah. chucked from the secondary school team, yes. did you lose your interest in football? Was it, was it a heartbreak? Um, and what happened with Edward Terry? Oh, Edward Terry. He, he dated several other girls in Were the Were they school from the football team? Who, who didn't play football. Uh, at one point, he even got me to break up with one of them in the girls' lose for him in year five. This is how, like indoctrinated into yeah. the love I was. I was yeah. like willing to be do awful things. Cult for him. of Edward. Um and then in secondary school he went out with someone I was it, we weren't at the same secondary school, but he was going out with someone who was at my secondary school. So it was all very heartbreaking. That I sometimes feel like sad. I used up a lot of my love early in life. I think this sounds like another <laughs> Sadie Clark solo show. But that's probably the next solo show is me and Edward Terry. 
Me, me, Edward. My life and Edward. <laughs> My life and Edward. Because there was also this book, wasn't there, called like Me, Julie, and Michael Owen that I read. Right. Which oh. was about like a love of Michael Owen yeah. and a little romance. And so I think I thought it was going to be Me, Edward Terry, and Michael Owen. Well, why don't you use that book as inspiration for your own show? Maybe I will. I'll produce, Joel can direct. <laughs> Great, we're there. Great, we're there. I'm uh, serious. Edinburgh 2020. <laughs> I am as well. I've got I'm mining ideas for my next show. Great. I I can't wait. wait. I'm looking forward to the dark bit where your mum comes home late. Mum, where oh, have you been? Oh, Kyle, <laughs> stop this. I was parents teachers association. <laughs> mum, it's half past eleven. Wilco took me out for a drink. <laughs> oh, you've made a choke now, Kyle. <laughs> so, Sexy phlegm can't cope with laughing. <laughs> so, have you had any more recent sort of dalliances with football? Is that did it end at secondary school? No, because I've I've subsequently so secondary school is yeah a break and then when did we last when did we last have a moment of success in a World Cup last summer before that never never nineteen sixty six no because I really strongly remember sitting in a in a underbelly bar on the south bank with that like fake grass and it was really warm and we were playing a game against I, I think it was Germany. Yeah, that and would have been 2010. It was 2010, actually, because it was there'd been a general election. Perfect. Great. Um, 2010, 2010, ghost goal, Frank Lampard, 4-2 loss. Yes, yes. 4-1 loss. Yes. W- w- is a ghost goal to do with your own, an own goal? No, Frank Lampard scored, it went over the line, but it bounced out. Yes, and, and then and then I was like so angry, and I was like, why don't we have that recognition about the line that they have in tennis for football? And now we do. Thanks to you. Thanks, Thanks to you. Thanks to me getting angry in that pub, <laughs> pissing my sister off because I swore too much, and she said I was being aggressive, and a... And a and Larry, like too Larry. You can't be too Larry with football. It's defined by its Larryness. I did lose my voice, though. I mean, that's becoming a running it's thing. A, it's a running <laughs> thing. Issues. I lose my voice. Vocal Clark. issues. Flemmy swears too much in football games. Larry Flem. So yeah, there was that, and I think that was encouraged by my. Oh, I shouldn't tap the table. I think that was encouraged by my second boyfriend, who was also a football fan, and we used to watch like the games together and I got much more into football because of him and his dad. Who did he support? Uh, I don't know. Blanked it out. Blanked it out. It was too too painful a memory. Uh, what not say, the boyfriend, the not football. The, no, not the boyfriend. He was very nice, but I just don't remember. I didn't care. But you still watched. I still watched. I don't mind when it's exciting. That's love. I quite, no, but I quite like football when it's exciting. You can't. Watch. The problem with football is you can't guarantee excitement. Exactly. But you can guarantee a narrative if you watch it with me and Joel. Oh, yeah. We'll stick any old narrative on it. We'll find the narrative. We'll bleed it out. I mean, if you watch football with us, it'll be... Who do you you think Teddy Terry would have liked? And imagine if Mr. Wilco was the manager. I mean, it's the kind of uh, narrative that we're all looking for, really. It's just Wilco. Oh, sorry, it's not Mr. Oh, no, who's Mr. Wilkinson? Wilkinson. Oh, God. Well, I've ruined the narrative single-handedly there, so I think we should probably leave it leave it as it was. Um, so, uh, momentarily, we'll, we, we will be talking about classic worldies. We'll be talking about this week's worldies. We'll be getting ahead of the things you expect us to get ahead of. And you'll be hanging around, Sadie, right? Yeah. Yeah, you will. Uh, see you after this. Okay, football is good. Football is fun. Football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it properly, but I'll tell you one thing. I prefer it to broccoli. Kickball with football, yeah. Sadie Clark, triple threat. Joel Samuels, double threat. 
<laughs> I don't want to know. Kyle. Threat. Yeah, threat. Vaguely nice. Single in threat. a threatening manner. Single threat who's not single. Nice. It falls upon me this week to deliver onto you another classic worldie. Classic. Yes, we have rotated in the past, but this week I'm sticking to my guns, I'm sticking to my classique. <laughs> this week's classic worldie is football rituals. Sadie, I don't know if you're aware, we mentioned Liverpool earlier. Uh, Liverpool, this season, with Manchester City, are head-to-head battling for the Premier League title. It's close, it's a close race. To this day, we're still not sure who's going to win it. Could be Liverpool, could be Man City. But I've noticed Man City uh, not doing what Liverpool are doing, and Liverpool picked up some rituals along the way. To help them. So, have you heard of Jurgen Klopp? (laughs) No. No, uh, Yes? No. You can say no. Can I say no? He is the German manager of Liverpool. (laughs) He's a great guy, wears a baseball cap, got very white teeth. Jurgen Klopp is taken to parading onto the pitch after a victory, walking over to the Liverpool fans and sort of doing a very, like, visceral fist pump. Like, full-arm action. And on the sort of accent of the pullback, the Liverpool fans go, Hooray! 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 And it's become a sort of thing. Hooray? Is, are they saying hooray? It's, no, hooray's, it's more like a one-syllable <laughs> noise. Okay. You get it a lot of football. Yeah. yeah. Just the... Just yeah, it's more yeah, like that's a... Again. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's my like, noise that... for a Norfolk farmer. Yeah, at the that auction. also is like a diphthong. That's two... No- that, it's more like just one. It's more like... <laughs> a, a diphthong? Yeah, like a half-syllable. <laughs> It's more like way, way, way. My partner makes, pronounces it Ray, which I oh, don't. That's my dad's name. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so they multiply say your father's name on the accent of the fist pump. Ray. And there was another incident uh, where Liverpool beat Tottenham a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, it was a last minute winner. Tottenham Hale? Yes, Tottenham Hale Football Club. <laughs> cool. Um, Just checking. Good to know. As a keen connoisseur of all football clubs. Tottenham Hale Football Club. <laughs> if anyone asks you why it's THFC, easy, Hale. Anyway, the last minute winner and their defender, Virgil van Dijk, where do you think he's from? Uh, I was going to say Dijkland. <laughs> In a way. Uh, the Netherlands. Yes. For the Dijks. He was so excited that he picked up the ball and kicked it so high it went out of the stadium. Wow. I was hoping that was going to become a, a continued ritual that they would do when they won or scored last-minute winners. Not not happened again since. Not so much. I'm praying again before the end of the season we're going to see another exited ball from... <laughs> <laughs> but where what what happens? What's the environmental impact of that exited ball? Well, what, what I, what I like to think is, is that there are school children and Liverpool fans who, when that goal goes in, are like, Dad, I've got to go, and they're running out and they're trying to catch that ball. Isn't that nice? It's a sort of That's a momentum. nicer image than it hitting, like, some old lady trying to cross the road. <laughs> I mean, you've And really... knocking her out. And then it deflating and polluting our oceans. How did it get in the ocean from the woman? <laughs> I don't know. She had a very hard head. It bounced into the Mersey and the current took it out. I've got that. <laughs> I like the idea that old women, similarly, are, are, are sort of rubbing their hands together with glee on the sort of payout of... A ball maybe hitting on the head of a millionaire footballer, and yeah. the, thought that would be a big payout. Yeah. No, anyway, no back to rituals. Back to rituals. So this this sort of fist pumping thing, it's becoming a sort of it's like a lucky charm, um, and I it got me thinking about other football rituals. Um, as I'm going to divulge some with you now, you might have heard of these, you might not. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, things that, that that teams have done to the pitch in order to increase uh, their chances of victory. 
Now, okay. basically a hundred years ago, Real Madrid, you had a Real Madrid? I pronounce it Real. That's the correct pronunciation. But yes, I have. Real Madrid. <laughs> I still did it wrong. Um, still did it wrong. Re- Real Madrid. Uh, they were on a losing streak. Yeah. It was it was like just before the First World War, a very long time ago. And they decided that to break this duck, this losing duck, they would uh, start a ritual of planting garlic cloves in the centre circle. Right. Wow. It worked. They won the they won the cup that year. How did it help? Who knows? Oh right. Maybe they were only Extra. playing teams of vampires. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Um, <laughs> another ritual. Uh, flash forward about eighty years. Um, <laughs> Italian manager Giovanni, uh, manager Giovanni Trapattoni. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was. I don't know whether he was religious or not, but he, I think he just cottoned on this might work. To give his team luck, he began a ritual of sprinkling holy water onto the pitch, uh, which worked. Um, and it was given to him by his sister, who was a nun. Great. Oh. That's a good story, isn't it? it is. Sister Trapattoni making everything go right for, for, for her brother and football. Holy water. I mean, do you think... Do you think she definitely got holy water after a while? Was she like, oh, he's coming around again on Friday night to get some more holy water? Just gonna, yeah, just going <laughs> to give us some bloody bottled water. Giovanni Trapattoni is a very stern man. I think he rules with a, a rod of iron. Even with his sister, I think she was scared of him and she got that holy water. <laughs> uh, one more um, substance-based ritual. Yes. Uh, a <laughs> the president of Italian club Pisa as in the Leaning Tower, yeah. in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, took the habit of a ritual of pouring salt uh, onto the pitch. He, he, he believed that salt brought the team good luck and favour with the gods. And he continued to this. In fact, in one game against um, rivals AC Cecina, he got through 26 kilos of salt. Oh my God. Again, the environmental impact, <laughs> guys. Would not kill the grass? I know. Are they, yeah. Are they allowed? Are they doing this secretly at night? No, he's literally, there's a picture of him here. Shamelessly what? with a bag so, of salt. So the I don't know who who who's the body that's in charge of all things football. FIFA. FIFA, that's the one. Um, and they're not like FIFA rules about salt. Like FIFA just says you can do like, what you want to the pitch. I feel like if they had to make one rule for just that one bloke who was pouring salt on the pitch, it would be. I mean, you'd like to think they have bigger fish to fry, although possibly not. Possibly not. Romeo and Trinitani, it worked. Um, but maybe he was just doing it on the white lines that no one could see. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, there are some more rituals I'd like to talk about. Um, Do any of them involve female football teams? Not in my research. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just rattle through them. <laughs> no, because I just was suddenly thinking, I was like thinking about the fact that often we just assume football teams are men. Not on this podcast, we don't. Although no, in no, this classic welding we have, and I <laughs> apologise. But in this class, in this particular class, well, I just was thinking as well. I should have, I should have researched some rituals of female football teams. How could you? I didn't tell you I was going to. I know, <laughs> I know that you know I love to research. <laughs> you do love research, and you've deprived me. Well, after this podcast, <laughs> you can go away. You can do some research, research, and then you can send us some voice notes, and we'll stick them on the end of the podcast. Perfect. Okay, so my last two rituals are French based. Okay, French based ritual. Um, Eric Cantona used to have a five-minute hot bath before every game. Great. <laughs> which apparently uh, scientists say is bad for you. Good. Not for Eric. King Eric, he loved it. And it, I think it probably gave him the sort of calm and serenity he needed to really focus on the pitch. And in the uh, in a sort of a, a tournament run, the France national team, I think it was the 1998 World Cup in France, the captain, Laurent Blanc, 
would kiss the head of the bald goalkeeper, Fabian Barthez, before every game, and it took them all the way to the trophy. He did kiss his head. And then he kissed the trophy. So, yes. Clearly, <laughs> these rituals have... I mean, I think we have historical uh, evidence. They work. So, I'm saying Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, maybe this will be the difference. Maybe this fist-pumping fan connection is going to take them all the way to the, to the Premier League title. Interesting. Is Tri- it... Oh. No, you go. No. Well, I don't know if this is a ritual... But apparently, a like technique for winning a game is for the footballers to visualise winning. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Yeah, yes. And they visualise yes. the game. Yeah. And I do that now with when I perform. Really? You visualise winning? I visualise winning, <laughs> winning at life in the show. <laughs> no, I like visualise the movements. Like ah, I sit and I watch myself on stage doing the show. Do you do that? On stage before the show starts, like in a sort of empty theatre. Yes. Wow. If there's time. Do That's you walk, your ritual. Then? Do you walk it through, or you literally just mind? Sometimes walk it? I actually walk walk it through speeding, speeding, speed walking. I speed walk through it. <laughs> <laughs> but also sometimes I just sit backstage and I I visualise it like the footballers visualising the game. Do you now feel like it would be a bad show if you didn't? Because that would make it Yeah, a it is like a superstitious thing for me wow. now. I'm like, oh my God, if I haven't got through the whole of the show by the time it's like beginners. Then it's going to put you off. Then it puts me off. I'm like, fuck. Wow. Wow. I mean, I've got, an, I've got a ritual that I took to doing when I was having a nice run of uh, successful auditions. Mm. Um, I, once, one time on the morning audition, I was, I was very late and there was a hooded man... Uh, with his hand out asking for some, some spare change. I never saw his face. It might have been a woman. Um, <laughs> I gave that person a pound. Oh yeah. my God. And I got that job. So then, every audition I had for a while, I would You'd I would give some money to it. Uh, just go, yeah. go around looking yep. for... It got to a stage where I was like, well, I can't go in yet because I've not found someone to give some money to. Wow. Uh, but then obviously I didn't keep getting the jobs and I stopped. Okay. Now, has it put a sour taste in my mouth about giving pe- money to people <laughs> on the street? That's a question for another time. Joel, have you got any rituals that you've done? Pre-show rituals? Or just like things that are giving you good luck or, you know, making you feel like you're on a roll? No, not really. I mean, footballers have these things where like they put on the, the they put on a, they put on their kit in a certain order. Uh, famously, uh, Paul Ince had to be the last person to leave the dressing room. Otherwise, for every game, for you know, hundreds and hundreds of games, there's people who put on this, who wear the same socks, or like lucky pants. In I, fact, I, in my research, I found that a, a German player called Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, he he only goes onto the pitch with soaking wet socks and boots. Oh, that oh. would he would get trench foot. Do you remember when I got trench foot? <laughs> oh, my I think you God. should tell our listeners about it. How did he get trench foot? Um, I got trench foot from wearing like the same sweaty socks at Boomtown. What's Boomtown? A festival where you listen to music and see people. A music doing festival. Doing interactive theatre. Oh, a theatre and like a music an festival. Interactive theatre music festival. Right. And I was performing there and I somehow managed to get some sort of trench foot. <coughs> Supposedly. <laughs> I still don't know to this day if it actually was trench foot, but my toes went numb and painful. Did you talk to a doctor? Quite white. No, I consulted a friend's mum who's a doctor told me that it probably wasn't trench foot. 
I don't think trench foot is a medical terminology, is it? I think it's more yes, like a... Yes, you can Wikipedia it. Oh, right, good. All right, good. <laughs> well, a long list of things. Worldy, Goldilocks, Missouri, trench foot. I think on the trench foot bombshell, I think we're done with this week's... You're done with rituals? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ritualistically, let's, let's, let's slaughter this segment and never speak of it again. Specifically, Sadie Clark's trench, trench foot. This week's Absolute Worldy Football Bulletin, what you need to know to fill those football-shaped holes in your repertoire. As you might be aware, it's the business end of the season, and the permutations for champions, promotions and relegations across the nation are mind-boggling. In the Premier League, the top two, Man City and Liverpool, are still fighting for the title. The next four, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea and Man United, are all scrapping for the top four, and Cardiff and Brighton are in a dogfight to survive relegation, with only three rounds of games left. In the Women's Super League, Arsenal and Man City are still in the hunt. In the Men's Championship, Norwich are a point away from securing Premier League football. In League One, Luton, the Hatters, are a win away, and in League Two, Lincoln City, the Imps, are champions. Also in League Two, Forest Green have secured the playoffs. Go Vegan FC! Speaking of Forest Green, club owner Dale Vince will address UEFA next month in his role as a United Nations ambassador. Vince is a climate champion for his work with Forest Green and their green credentials, and is encouraging other clubs to follow their sustainable suit as part of sports for climate action. Speaking of UEFA, the Champions League is through to the semi-final stage, and who'd have predicted these semi-finalists? No one. Liverpool and Barcelona is one for the traditionalists, but Ajax versus Tottenham Hale Football Club is certainly a meeting of underdogs. Spurs haven't gone this far in Europe ever before, and Ajax not for nearly 30 years. In the Women's Champions League, it's Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Lyon Chelsea, with plenty of English lionesses to look out for. Lucy Bronze and Izzy Christiansen at Lyon, Tony Duggan at Barca, and Kirby, amongst others, at Chelsea. What a way to warm up for the Women's World Cup. And finally, a Benfica fan travelling away to see his team in the Europa League quarterfinal of Eintracht Frankfurt was confused to find himself in the wrong Frankfurt. A mere six-hour car journey away from his intended one. Alvaro Oliveira became a viral hit after posting pictures of his 28-hour car journey, only to discover he'd gone all the way to Frankfurt Oder. Oder. Oh dear. Oh dear. And that was this week's Absolute Worldy Football Bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football-shaped holes in your repertoire. So it falls to me, listeners, to deal with this week's Worldy. To deal with? That sounds like it was a chore. It's not a chore. It's a pleasure. Um, obviously. Um, so... This week's worldy. I want to talk, guys, uh, about something... Well, as is often the case on this podcast, I'm going to talk about something which is slightly unsavoury in football and then hope that we can find some hope in it. How about that? We'll do Sounds it. Sounds great. We can make it our mish. Um, so, uh, recently, Victor Fisher. Carl uh, Victor Fisher? He used to play for Middlesbrough. He did. Now he plays for o- FC Copenhagen. Hagen? Hagen. Hagen, I say. Co- it's spelled in, in Danish. It's spelled Kobenhaven. Right. And it is Hagen Dars. That's an American company. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FC Copenhagen, whatevs, uh, is where Victor Fischer currently plays. And uh, recently, over two separate games, he was subject to 
homophobic abuse. Now, I should hasten to say that Victor Fisher is not uh, an out gay man in any way, shape or form. But Of course not. He's a footballer. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But he is uh, handsome and blonde and clearly looks after himself in a kind of metrosexual way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, recently, uh, uh, at a game between FC Copenhagen and a team called Odense Bold Club, the opposition fans, the fans of Odense, were shouting uh, homophobic slurs at him. And then the next day, at a game that he wasn't even playing in, Uh, there were homophobic slurs shouted about him as well. Uh, And he had the following to say. He said, The problem for me is that the word homo was used as an insult. I experienced specific songs against me, directed at me by name, saying I was homosexual. That's not the problem. I have nothing against being called one thing or another. The problem for me here is that the word homo was used as an insult. This is a very, very bad culture for young people and generally for everyone who comes to a football stadium to see football. There's something of a culture in elite sport in football which is based on just being tough, keeping quiet because that makes you a strong sportsman. But it's not about being a strong sportsman. It's about the culture at Stadia needing to be better. It's about homosexual not being an insult. It never should have been. And especially in 2019 in Denmark, it should not be anymore. Which I thought was an amazing response. I mean, I would clap my hands, but that would be bad radio etiquette. So I'll say... (laughs) Well done, Victor. That's an amazing statement. Yeah, I think it's very interesting, right? Because, like, yeah. there's there's two readings of this. One, uh, what is wrong with us? Are we still, you know, such an uh, unadvanced society that this is still happening in football? But there's also the way that players react, because there are certain players who would react to being taunted with uh, your gay or homosexual slurs who would react negatively. But his response has not been to say, I'm not gay. It's been to say, better yourselves and learn. Yeah, very admirable. Whilst also, interestingly, not saying... Oh, no, he did say that he wasn't gay. Well, he didn't, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. He just said it's rather... It's not, the one th- it's not important, really, is it? Because well, well, when you first told me about it, I thought... I just automatically assumed he was out as gay, and that's why he was getting insulted in that way, which, yeah, doesn't make as much sense well like, i think it's i think it's really good that yeah what he says is about being called gay shouldn't actually be a slur it's the intent of the well this might surprise you sadie uh currently in the premier league to date there have been no out gay players really zero uh and the culture su- the, it's su- there have been players that have played in the premier league that have left so uh, one or two. Thomas Hitzelsberg. Mm. Hitzelsberg is probably the most. Robbie Rogers. Robbie Rogers and Thomas Hitzelsberg are probably the most famous. Robbie Rogers is an American player. Played uh, from 2005 to 2017. He came out in 2013 and quit, mm. uh, and then uh, uh, restarted his career again as an out gay man in America. Mm. So did play professional football as an out gay man. Thomas Hitzelsberger played from 2001 to 2013. He played in the Premier League for teams like Aston Villa. He never came out whilst as a footballer because the climate was so aggressive. But there's an interesting thing here, which I suppose I want to talk about, which is the comparison with the women's game. Uh, So in women's football, uh, there are loads uh, of out gay women. Uh, yeah. We featured recently on the, on this podcast uh, a relationship between two uh, out gay women who play for different teams, and a game that happened between the two of them, uh, uh, and their <laughs> seemingly they they were not the one who lost the the game was not happy. <laughs> I can't really imagine what that relationship was like at home. Yeah, but it's an interesting contrast, right? Because obviously, yeah, uh, we were just joking about that kind of culture of football. Uh, which is quite homophobic, whereas in the women's game, it's fairly accepted that there'll be people on the team who are uh, out lesbians. Currently, um, 
just in England. Uh, you've got Melanie Garside-White, Lily Parr, Hope Powell, Leanne Sanderson, Casey Stoney, Andrea Worrell, who are all playing the game or have played the game and are out and gay. Yeah. And I'm wondering about this contrast between the women's game and the men's game, which is that the women's game is perceived to be behind the men's game in so many ways, in terms of finances, in terms of uh, 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 attendance figures. The FA had a, an attendance goal of 2,000 people average at, uh, at games in the Women's Super League this season, and it's only 950, uh, which when compared with the Premier League, where it's got to be in the 30,000s. Uh, is pretty sad mm. but in this one area the women's game is streets ahead of the men's because yeah. it's just an accepted thing it's not even commented on i guess it's partly to do with the people that engage with and watch the football that women play as well i imagine well is this stereotyping stereotype like, away i feel stereotype. i feel like the people who engage with women's football are probably not the stereotypical like lads lad that is really strongly into the men's football. Mm. I feel like those sorts of people often don't even acknowledge that women's football exists. I was that annoying person in the last World Cup that kept sharing memes of like, England haven't won the World Cup since 1966. Well, yes, they have actually, because the women won it in, and now I can't remember what year it was. I think it was (laughs) 2012? I think they didn't win it, but they came very, very close. Oh, like, yeah, it was that we'd not got to a final. Se- semi-final yeah, yeah, or a yeah, final yeah. or something, and it was like, yes, we have. It was just not with a male team. It was the female team. I'm actually going to a game at the Women's World Cup this summer. Are you? I'm going to England, France. Uh, is it in America, this? It's in France. Oh, it's in France. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. That'd um, be cool. But it is... Yeah, maybe to do with, like, the audiences and the toxic ma- masculinity that does seem to exist within football culture. What do you both think would happen? Carla, someone who goes to football <laughs> regularly, Sadie is someone who doesn't necessarily. What do you think would both would happen if a player came out as gay now? Now? Depends on the club for me. It would depend on the club. What does that mean? I feel if it was a, a big club with a huge public presence, maybe someone in the Premier League, definitely a top six club, the amount of PR and media interest would be so much higher and on an international basis that everyone to do with the club, including its own fans, I think would find a way, I mean, I don't know, I'm saying find a way, would be able to move forward uh, holding that player up as an icon. But I feel if it was a lower league team Mm. uh, in England uh, or anywhere in Europe, actually, I think that the team would struggle, not on the pitch, but I I feel like the, the player would still be targeted by the fans uh, and it's not even the thing these days it's not even just it on the stands abuse it's online yeah mm. they, they did have a few years ago or maybe more recently than a few years ago didn't they have a big campaign like fifa or like to do with pride and i feel like i remember an advert yeah there's with... a day there's a game every year where they have the rainbow laces so they uh, wear laces but, in pride colors yeah but there wasn't there also a big advert that i remember like scenes in the changing room and on the pitch and stuff that was to do with like mm. a male gay, not a specific male gay player, but within the narrative of this advert, yeah. like a gay male player well, and being like, we accept people for whoever they are. Well, why don't I tell you about uh, one of our our previous faves on this podcast? We didn't really delve into it at the time when they played uh, Clapton Ultras, uh, but it's Stonewall FC. Oh my god! Yes, what? Stonewall FC, established in February 1991, are one of the founding. Uh, when one of the found, they established in 1991, when one of the founding members placed an advert in a gay publication asking if like-minded people wanted to play competitive football. And to this day, 
they have continued to grow and they now have three senior teams, a first team, a second team and a third team. Uh, they also have a recreational five-a-side. They are the largest LGBT uh, uh, team in the world. Um, and they are committed... Are they mixed genders then? Like all genders on one team? Unfortunately or... not. Oh no. Yes, unfortunately and not. And is it still divided into the binary of men and women? Yes. Uh, but they do have straight players on the team, which oh, I okay. suppose is something. In that they were an all-gay team, but now there are straight players who play for Stonewall and uh, don't see that as an issue. Mm. But it is an astonishing thing that there needs that there still needs to be this, but at the same time it is quite a positive thing. They play in the Middlesex County Division 1, uh, the first team. Uh, they um, Their sort of recent form is, is, is okay, it's patchy. I mean, having said that, they are top of the table by a point. Oh, uh, ahead of uh, North Bit like Ra- Liverpool and Manchester, right, guys? Yes, well. So yes, no. Retain facts. So there is there is a kind of there is a move towards something more positive coming out of it, but it is a real shame that sitting here in 2019, there's still we're no closer to there being an out gay man in the Premier League, for example. But we could be closer, mm. like we. It, we've seen the last this year Raheem Sterling is, has made strides in terms of being a young player who's prepared to talk about their own honest um, take on issues of racism for example that's what Sterling's been absolutely um, what's the word idolised for he's really taking that step to talk about it and to spread messages about it and to get other people talking about it mm. another player in the Premier League another young dare I say it sort of fashionable popular player could easily yeah come out and say I'm just wondering how often it's still pre- prevalent in the Premier League I th- I'm sure it is I'm sure you, the sort of fancy Dan players the young players with you know preened hair and yeah, I'm get sure... that kind of banter mm. that laddie banter in the changing room there is this there's this theory um uh, there's a, a a quote from a former Irish international a man named Tony Cascarino who uh, played in the 90s. Um, would a player mind if he found out a teammate was gay? Probably. Players wouldn't want to be left alone with him. They wouldn't want to shower with him. Uh, before you rush to criticise, would you find it acceptable for a man to walk around a woman's dressing room? It's a terrible, terrible oh. analogy. More importantly, teammates will be self-conscious around the player. The sexual banter oh. would develop an uncomfortable edge if it continued. It oh, the undes- sexual banter would... What? Yeah, you have to, So basically, a gay man would be ruining it for everyone. Oh my God. Essentially, yeah. Would be ruining what? The misogyny yeah, and the, sexism? Yeah, that we uh, get? the culture. The, it's an undesirable scenario for a manager, since an uneasy and divided squad is not a recipe for success. A gay player himself would probably feel equally ill at ease. Dressing rooms are like perverted nudist camps. Immature, wild places, little self-contained states where the normal rules of common decency and, se- and acceptable behaviour do not apply. Sexual activity and bodily functions are props players use for pranks and banter. To be honest with Tony Cascarino, God. you're not doing much to, you know, progress the cause here. And I think, I suspect that change rooms have changed a lot since his day. He, he, he played in the 80s, 90s. Mm. I don't. I. Mm. I mean, I haven't been in a Premier League change room, but I doubt it's that's that same toxicity that he's describing. I mean, I watched uh, for some. Uh, I watched six minutes of my life, which I'll never get back on YouTube, <laughs> of Spurs players playing Uno in the oh, dressing wow. room. Uh, no, but they that, they said why are you the the logic for why they were playing Uno is it's what they always do Aww. on the way to games. Well, they're not Aww. they're not allowed to gamble, are they? So so they just play Uno. They play all Uno all the time. Those. Uno. 
sexist pervert. <laughs> the banter. Oh, the so sick of these homophobic <laughs> Uno players. Sort it out, Tottenham. Hail Football Club. I should, quick, LFC. I should quickly say it's Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I realise that we've just let you believe that. <laughs> we've let you believe that for so long. I'm sorry, that was a cheap dig. It was cheap by both of us. I'm oh, not, I'm not in keeping with the, uh, oh, the, the, the... That's the kind of banter that, 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 kind of... that keeps gay players from going out. Is it? But also, I was thinking it's not even necessarily... Obviously, we have to change attitudes around yeah gay people being able to come out but it's also partly as well this thing of like any player that displays effeminate qualities or like dresses well or looks after themselves automatically being assumed to be gay like it's Mm. changing the attitude that anything slightly feminine and not within this really traditional idea of masculinity equals gay like it's opening up and allowing men to be more than one thing like yeah. a broad spectrum of things, whether they're straight or gay or bisexual yeah. or pansexual or whatever. It's like changing that attitude as well. Not, not just making it more acceptable And to a footballer to come out and have the say exactly the same thing that you did. For, for a young footballer with the intelligence and the awareness to be able to talk about sexuality in that way in a public forum, that, that's what's needed. Yeah. It's a, a, a Raheem Sterling equivalent for this cause to just come out and calmly say, intelligently say we should be able to be whatever we want to be. Mm. And well. and people who are abusing us is, is the equivalent of racist abuse and yeah. it needs to stop. You'd like to think that we've moved on from the days of Graham Nassau, who was a England and Chelsea left-back, who read a posh newspaper. Well, I say posh, he read The Guardian. And uh, he had a degree. And as a result, everyone called him gay. Yeah. He, he had gelled hair. And he was a nice man. <laughs> and famously, uh, uh, a striker named Robbie Fowler uh, had some banter with him on the pitch uh, that involved him turning around, spreading his uh, uh, butt cheeks through his shorts and saying, do you want to do me up the arse? That you'd like to think in the last 20 years we've come on Things from there. Changed I, slightly. I, I genuinely feel that the football fans that might be throwing gay slurs at players think it's okay because we all know that player isn't gay so therefore actually I'm not called I'm it's like I think they think it's a sort of a a roundabout way of offending someone without being offensive but that because they think gay is an offensive thing to call somebody Mm. if you're not gay it's fine Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. But, I, but, I, it's, but I, it's not I don't, fine. <laughs> I have my doubts whether or not they wouldn't still barrack a player who was uh, actually gay. Actually gay. Oh, was gay. Yeah. Well, this has been a sort of uh, slightly depressing, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, try- I was trying to... I mean, a positive slant, all it's going to take is one player. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Then they, and, and I honestly think they don't have to be gay. And similarly, I similarly, Stonewall FC aren't going anywhere. If you uh, are, are gay and want to play football, they organise a lot of things like Five Sides uh, for uh, not just gay men, for uh, uh, anyone on the LGBTQ plus spectrum who wants to play football. So do get involved. Football doesn't have to be all... Maybe I'm going to join Stonewall FC now instead of Gold Diggers. I mean, you could do both. Don't know if I've got time for that. Uh, speaking of joining Stonewall FC, though, Sadie, why don't you have time for things? Because you're preparing uh, your one-woman show for Edinburgh, right? Exactly, exactly. It's called Algorithms. Mm-hmm. It's a bisexual Bridget Jones for the online generation. One more time. A bisexual Bridget Jones for the online generation. That is a great tag. Are we the online generation? To be honest, I feel like the online generation's 
spans a lot of people because like my mum's online she's just not online very well <laughs> so for the successfully online the successfully online so I mean, she's got at least one facebook friend that you don't have mr, <laughs> mr. wilkinson <laughs> uh, so algorithms uh tell yes. us tell us uh tell us where we can catch it your this is your debut one woman show this I is think. my debut one woman show i wrote it last year just for lols and then it was actually apparently quite good people enjoyed it when i did a work in progress at Soho Theatre last year. Oh. Um, and I've got some previews coming up. I've got Nottingham Playhouse on May 14th. Uh, Peterborough Pride I'm going to in July. Fantastic. Potentially Norwich and uh, then a London preview. Follow me at Algorithms Play. At Algorithms Play. Algorithms is that Twitter? Play. That is Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. Ooh. Nice. Making life easy for people. Because and then, well, for the people who aren't part of the online generation. Exactly. Screw them. For it's my not, mum. This show's not for them. <laughs> um, and then it's going to Edinburgh, to the Pleasance Courtyard, at 12.45pm for the duration of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Fantastic. The Bisexual yeah. Jones. Bisexual the Bridget Bisexual Jones. Bisexual, bisexual Bridget, Bridget Jones for the online generation. Algorithms play. Algorithms play. And I'd caveat that it's uh, much more body positive than Bridget Jones ever was. Great caveat. <laughs> that's, like, that's the is perfect that really, place. No, that's that great. really hard. Do you play the song all by myself whilst eating some food and crying? No. Is, is that, that what Bridget Jones does? I think so. Yeah. yeah. remembered. I mean, she's she. I know Bridget Jones very well. I can give you a brief rundown of the plot if you want. No, no. Um, she, she she plays all by myself at a separate moment to the time you're thinking of, which is when she scrapes mould off the cheese that's oh. left in her fridge and eats that. Oh, okay. Separate moment. Thank you for clearing that up. But yes. And thank you for coming on the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. It's this been week. a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And when we're going to meet and have fun. start having production meetings about your next show. Uh, Michael, Michael Owen, me and Edward Terry. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Um, let's book in a date next month. Perfect. Great. Might as well start planning. Great. Tweet us ideas for the show, guys. <laughs> uh, you can tweet to Antworldy Podcast or you can tweet to at Algorithms Play and we'll, we'll put it together for, for Sadie Clark's second one-woman show, the great follow-up to Algorithms. Thank me. you again. We've loved every second of this, as has your mum and Mr. Wilkinson. And Mr. Wilkinson and Edward Terry. Super stuff. <laughs> See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. If there's one word to describe today, Carl, uh, with uh, the amazing Sadie Clark, um, I would say it was fun. I'd say phlegmy. <laughs> Another word I would use to describe today would be Wilco. Wilco, fun, phlegmy. Somewhere in the world, someone who, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon... Someone who listens to this knows Mr. Wilkinson who doesn't know me and you. Yeah. And he's going to find out. I hope so. I'm also more concerned about Edward Terry. Who... Teddy Terry, who, according to Sadie, is probably going to listen. Hi, Teddy, if you're listening, write in. Tell us that everything she said was a lie. Please don't call the police. And also, I'm sure your name's not Teddy. <laughs> it's Edward. It's Edward. We've got to stop talking about him. We, we don't know him. <laughs> we Sadie's don't. gone now. We don't have an excuse. <laughs> So uh, we, I realised, Joel, we missed an apt opportunity to get another pun in. We talked about salt, and then we talked about frying fish. 
Right. There's got to be some sort of salted mackerel oh, joke not, in there. Have you not planned this? No, I'm just saying it annoys me that I didn't have time. Oh, uh, right, in the moment. But I'm sure that people listening will be like, oh, they're not very funny. And we're, we're trying, we're learning. We're, we're learning, we're trying. We're trying to balance politics and humour and not knowing stuff about football. That's the, that's the, if I, when I sell the podcast to people, because a lot of people go to me, oh, I don't like football, I don't want to listen to your podcast. And like, I don't think you need to like football to listen to this podcast. But tell us, listeners, or if you don't like football and you do listen to the podcast, Maybe tell a friend, a family member, your uh, your your butcher or your you know grocer. People <laughs> say to me, they say, Kyle, I don't like you, but I love football. Why would I listen? That's and I say for the guests. For the guests, <laughs> the guests are always what saves us. And this this week, uh, bisexual Bridget Jones for the online generation, Sadie Clark, absolutely saved us. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Thank you. One more plug. That reminds me, Joel, talking about plugging. Mm. Uh, I was at a football game with some friends just the other day. You have other friends than me. I know. And sometimes I go to football with them. I am mortified, but tell the story anyway. So I was telling my friends' friends, oh, I have a football podcast. They're like, oh, I listen to those. What's it called? Looked it up. They're like, oh, five star reviews. So people... People, you know, listen. If people, you do listen already, people, please review us. Please review us. Rate us. Review us. Subscribe. Every podcast asks for this, and we ask for a very good reason, which is we need more people to listen. We don't. We're not, we are grateful for you. Don't worry, person who's listening to this right She's now. She's getting a bit desperate. We love, <laughs> we love you, but we want to love more people. I also think we've never been anything but desperate. That's true. We've we, never pretended to be cool. We've never hidden the fact that we are desperately asking for those likes and those reviews. Just click that five star. Click it. It doesn't hurt. Go on, do it now. Do it now. We'll wait. They don't, people don't click anymore, Joel. They just put it with their thumb on their phone. All right, then. Click with your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we'll be back very soon with more classic worldies, more this week's worldies, maybe even a watch-along. Who knows? We should. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janoj Bazowski and Amar Chada Patel. Absolute Worldie is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeger, who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, and follow us at Worldie Podcast. Goodbye. Did you hear on Radio 1 on the uh, unpopular opinion, that guy that was like, <laughs> love picking my nose? No, just me. Okay, boy.